1: go on
0: that i bet you do and let's get it up all right now. fire away and we're back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast you heard us talking already and we're gearing up right now it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly thank you for listening to all of our great shows and if you can please 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 please, please give us that five-star review that five-star review on apple Podcasts or like subscribe share or just tell a friend about our show we truly appreciate it we've had some really great episodes as of late not only with laker tom tj was back on the show after paternity leave with the birth of his new son so it was great to have him back also as well some great conversations recently with stone hansen michael weisenberg and of course rafael barlow on the nba draft And our last episode with Rafael Barlow that just dropped some great stories that he talked about watching games overseas and the passion that they have from basketball fans worldwide. Some great subjects that we touched on on our last episode. So I hope you give our shows from the past a listen as well. But right now with me today is my usual guest for the week. It's just so awesome to have him on. Once again, you got to go ahead and check out his site and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom, and Laker Tom. Always good to have you back on the program.
1: Glad to be here, Gerald. Looking forward to it.
0: I know you were gearing up. You're ready, and just tell you what, there's just a lot of exciting things to talk about as we're getting into more of a reality as far as the league is concerned. It looks like more and more and more and more and more that the league could be opening up as far as finishing the rest of the season or doing a playoffs or just getting back into some semblance of basketball. So it's looking more into that direction each and every day, each and every week. We're getting closer and closer to a definitive action on that. We're really happy about that. I know Governor Newsom in California, where you're at, has recently said that getting back to some semblance of sports without crowds has become a priority and has become something that he wants to get the sports teams involved. I want to hear your thoughts on that, and also, how happy are you now that the Lakers have had their practice facility open and are able to go ahead and start practicing at the facility once
1: again? Well, they're both really promising and encouraging uh, things to happen for us to you know keep hopes alive that we'll still be able to, to resume the season and defend our defend what should be our 17th NBA championship. I think that, you know, I was a little concerned just because the LA has been hit harder than the Bay Area, for example, in the coronavirus situation, and so you're a little worried about what the mayor is going to say about the team, so it's good to see Newsom come out, and it's good that the Lakers at least got permission to start not really practice, but at least opening up the facilities for the individual players to come in, and as you would expect, the individual players who have come in so far have been the guys that don't make the big bucks and probably don't have their own gyms the way that that uh lebron and ad who each, each have their own gymnasium at home can can work out and take shots you know the rest of the guys uh, you know, if you live in a condominium or apartment building uh, you know you're you're looking at taking shots down in a driveway or something like that so it's great for them to be able to get back in the facilities be able to run on a full court be able to get a little action in and um i'm sure they're taking all precautions to make sure that nobody gets contracts coronavirus. But those are good signs. You know, it gives you just some semblance that it's going to be a new normal for sure. But at least we're starting to see some positivity that we're really going to have a chance at having that new normal and and a chance to watch sports. Everybody seems to be prioritizing it uh, from the president on down. And uh, so that's a good sign. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I think that Unless we have some giant setbacks, you know, statistically with new cases and deaths and so forth, I expect that we're going to have a good chance of seeing basketball again.
0: And that would be a great thing indeed for everyone out there, including you and I, that we would see some semblance of basketball, NBA on the action, on, on the airwaves once again. And that's something I would look forward to. And I know you would as well. Yeah, In fact, millions around the world would be excited to see NBA basketball once again and Where hopefully we could finish out a strong season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, One of those things I wanted to talk about when it comes to a possible end season scenario for the Los Angeles Lakers would be the competitors in the Western Conference as they would hopefully gear towards that playoff drive, towards a, you know, we hope, anyways, a world championship, or at least we're expecting that because the team has been so great this year. One of the teams that they might face in a playoff scenario is the Utah Jazz. And there's some curious news that came out of Salt Lake City here this past week, and that is the injury to Boyan Bogdanovich in regards to having season-ending surgery was announced by the team to his wrist, which he says he hurt, I think, quite some time ago, at least over a year ago, and has been holding on to it ever since. You know, He's been
1: shooting pretty well for a guy with a bad wrist.
0: Exactly. And somebody who, knowing that there is a possibility but returning to games mm-hmm. on a playoff team that could make some waves in the NBA playoff, I still think they have enough talent to, if they get everything right, could you know, be possibly someone that could make the, the semifinals, so to speak, as far as the playoffs. Maybe not necessarily the Western Conference Finals, but at least the semifinals, so to speak. That you take possibly the individual that's been playing the most consistently good basketball for that team over the course of the year, which I think he has. I think he's been their best playing player. I don't think he's their best player. I still think that's Donovan Mitchell, but I think he's been their player that's played the best consistently over the course of the year. Why he would make this decision or why the team would say, okay, let's go ahead and work on that. Let's go ahead and do that at this point in time of the season. I understand it's a pain issue, I understand it's a discomfort issue, but it's something that if he were playing today, you know, if the NBA was going on today and there was no COVID-19 or anything like that, he would be playing today right now, gearing up for the NBA playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of a strange thing. And you wonder if in the background, there's there's still this turmoil surrounding the relationships between some of the other Jazz players. You know, it, it, you wonder whether they, the whole... Rudy Gobert, you know, Donovan Mitchell thing is sort of taking a little bit of the shine off of their chances. They rank right now fourth in the, in the league, so they'd be going up against Oklahoma City in the first round. So I don't expect them to be able to take care of Oklahoma City. I think that uh, I don't and I never saw them really as a as a serious threat to to really, you know, compete and get into the even the semifinals. I think that they're a first round out team. And I think that that's a big reason why Boyan has decided that it's better to get healthy for next year and and get his game together that way and take care of that lingering injury. Um, and and you know you you just gotta feel a little bit for a guy like that. He's uh, yeah. I like both of the Lagdanovich guys and and uh, Boyan Boyan has a little more size than his brother. Bogdan and, and has really has really become an outstanding player in the sense that he's a he's a true stretch four who can really shoot that ball really well. I like a lot of the guys, you know, that, that are on that team and it's 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 a shame that they've had this fallout and to wonder what's gonna happen, whether or not Rudy Gobert is gonna be traded. Um, I think it's more likely that they'll trade Gobert than they will Mitchell if the situation is not salvageable. But it's a hard thing. You know, you, it's hard to get free agents to sign, you know, with a team in Utah.
0: Well, it's something that I, I think the Utah Jazz, I think of them a little bit more fondly on paper than you do. I think they were a team that had the chance that they gelled together, could have gone a little bit farther than you're anticipating. I, I think weren't just a definite first-round loss. I think they could have made the semifinals real easy had they been gelling together as a team. Because they had that period of time in December, January, where they were playing really well and one of the Mm -hmm. best teams in the league. But it does speak to what you're talking about with the divisiveness that could potentially still be happening on that team. And it sounds to me like it's a clear indication from the team is that they're giving up on this season by telling Boyan to go ahead and get that wrist worked on. And that they're going to go ahead and focus in on what's coming up later this year when they start the season, at, either at Christmas time or whenever they start the next year's season. Sounds to me like they're going to be focusing more on that and pretty much essentially, I'm not going to say throwing in the towel on this year, but it let's say lessens their hopes quite a bit.
1: Well, they're only a game and a half out of third spot. So, you know. Um, but you'd put them up against the Houston Rockets most likely. So But it, it makes that decision much, much more. Strange. The, Western, the Western Conference is pretty tough. And if, if we go in a six or seven game sort of get yourself ready for the playoffs by finishing six or seven of the games that are on the schedule, it's a chance that they could move up in it. But I but I think that you're I, I think we're both in the same position that they they sort of need to get into the offseason and see what's going on with the relationship between Donovan and Rudy and, and try to figure out if they're going to make a big move. Uh, trading Gobert is the big step, but the other side of it is Donovan Mitchell is the young star on that team. And he plays a position as a shooting guard that is uh, a much more important position in the NBA today than, than a traditional back-to-the-basket center who's basically just a defensive ace like Rudy.
0: Well, it's just something that is very interesting. Like you said, they're just out of third place, which to me is is quite surprising that they would go ahead and say, you know what, go ahead, get your surgery. We're going to just chalk it off for this season. Yeah. Because you get in there and you have the right personnel at the top or at the coaching, and you, you could get this team centered straight to work out any differences. You have a team that could be third place in the Western Conference, and that's – Something with the right way that everything falls down and, I'll, and I'll, you know, I don't know if they're going to go play at home or whatnot or however we're going to be able to be structured, this could be something where it's advantageous for them to go ahead and, and have a successful run in the playoffs. But you're right, it just see, speaks to me about the divisiveness that's going on in that team. And, them saying at this point in time, you know what we're looking at, we're looking at options down the road as opposed to what's taking place right now. Well, there's
1: there's another there's another aspect of it too. When you look at the standings, there they have 41 wins, 23 losses. There are three other teams right below them, the fifth, sixth, and seventh team that only have 40 wins. So, without Bogdanovich. And if you play five or six or seven games like that, they could easily slide down and end up being the seventh-ranked team, which would definitely improve their, their lottery odds dramatically, you know, or their draft position dramatically. And if they really have some internal camaraderie problems because of the dispute between Gobert and Donovan and Mitchell, this could be sort of an uh, sort of a smart and savvy move to throw the towel in thinking that they could slide down into the standings rather than rising in the standings. They would have a hard time if the team is not, if, if the chemistry is off, they'd have a hard time going through six or seven games and holding on to the position where they are right now. And the chances are much more likely that they would probably slide. I mean, you're looking at Oklahoma, Houston, and Dallas being the three teams sitting there with one less win than they are. So they could easily have, have ended up, they could easily end up now as the seventh pick in the the seventh team in the in the West, and that you know is going to improve them probably half a dozen spots in the draft.
0: And you also got to consider that if this takes place on a neutral site, anything can happen. The yeah. teams that in sixth, seventh, eighth, they could see a better way or better pathway to success. Than what we've seen before from other six, seven, eight play teams. I mean, a lot of people are are pointing towards the lockout year, mm-hmm. and that was the lockout. That was the year that uh, I think that was the Matumbo Denver year that they beat. I think Dallas in the playoffs. They were Dallas was number one. Denver was number eight, and they they beat them in that playoff series. And the famous Matumbo has the ball over his head <laughs> as he's laying on the ground. That that famous picture there. Because of what went on during that course of that season, it was kind of funky. Same thing is going on here. And if it does get played on a neutral site, you don't have that home crowd to think about. And that could be something that the Lakers, Milwaukee, Houston, Oklahoma city, you know, all these playoff teams that you're talking about about the East and the West need to think about how they play on a neutral court. I mean, a lot of people are talking about Philadelphia and how wretched they were on the road and how great they were at home. What happens now that they're thrown on a neutral site? What team are you exactly are yeah. going to get?
1: It's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought because it, the NBA having having been forced into this situation is really you just don't know what's going to happen when teams come back. I mean, which guys have been working out and staying in good conditioning? I mean, a three week a three week let's get back in shape. I've seen a lot of guys coming in on the and some are ready for the new season and not being at all ready. And it takes them a lot more than three weeks to get back into shape. Some of these guys may have eaten themselves right out of competition. And there's a couple of factors in it too, which is that the chances are the teams that are going to be in the playoffs, those guys probably have really paid attention, most of them, and have tried to stay in good condition and not let themselves get fat and easy. On the other hand, (laughs) The other other 14 teams that are going to be in the lottery, almost for sure, what are they looking forward to? They're looking forward to coming back and having to go through three weeks of training camp in order to play five or six games. A lot of those guys may not come back in the kind of shape that the 16 teams that are going to be in the playoffs are in. And and so you may see some, some games that are looking like the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals. You know, I mean, if you got a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves or the uh, or the Golden State Warriors, unmanned man, man it, some of those games are going to be brutal. I, I mean, it's not upsets from guys on the bottom of the of the ranks to upset some of those teams in the top is not going to be well because the top teams are going to be looking to they're going to be looking to to tune it up to fine tune it to get going. You know, they want to go into the playoffs with as much head of steam as they can with just a five-game thing. Teams like the Lakers, who were really rolling at the top of the league at that point in time, and, and had just had their great weekend where they took down the, their two nemesis that had not, they had not beaten all year and had lost to in, in the Bucs and, and the Clippers. Now, all of a sudden, you know that they're going to be shooting for bear that last five or six games. They're going to want to win every game, and they're going to be pouring it on. So we're going to see some very lopsided games, I think. And, you know, I, I think that I think that they're going to play some games because nobody wants to go into the playoffs with the playoffs being the first game you play. But I don't think this is going to be like Major League Baseball, where you're going to see some upsets in the wild card game and, and some surprises coming into the playoffs. I think what's going to happen is the good teams are all going to just romp their way through. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule. I'm not it's so sure. That. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. the schedule, that's something that I, I'm going to take a look at after this uh, podcast is, let's take a look at the schedule. It's a good topic to bring up next week. Let's look at the schedule and see which big matchups are still sitting there in that first six or seven game schedule that every team faces coming back.
0: Well, I'm still not 100% sold on, on that idea, especially if, okay, first of all, if it's a scenario where it's, it's a two out of three or a three out of five. I think uh, it's going to be new- a seven-game series. Well, I'm hoping it'll be seven-game yeah. series. Silver
1: then- pretty much said that. He said that, and I think that I think that there's good reasoning behind that. You'd rather go longer and make it a seven-game series because you're already going to get an asterisk by every team that didn't win. You know, every team that doesn't win is going to say, "Oh man, this was not a real this is not a real season," and there's an, a there's a valid argument for it because the season has been interrupted, interrupted. More than any other season you can remember, even including the lockout. So you want to keep, you want to play those seven-game series so that you can at least say, "I didn't take a shortcut to win a championship." If you win a championship,
0: uh, you want to play. You want to play those games because you want the TV money. Let's let's put it all yeah. right out there, man. Well, there's also that
1: too. <laughs> okay. It's true. It's true. I mean, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. If guys get, if guys test positive, that's just like an injury during the playoffs. That's just like what happened to the Warriors last year. If a couple of guys test positive in the NBA Finals. It'll be just like, you know, just like Clay and KD getting injured. Um, that's how they're going to treat it, and they want to play seven-game series all the way through. They don't want to compromise the integrity of the playoffs, because uh, uh, that, by nature, will compromise the integrity of the championship.
0: That's true, but dollars doesn't hurt.
1: Yeah, the little oh, dollars are going to make a big thing. I mean, 40% of the revenue. I, I, th- I think if I'm not mistaken, I know that they said 40% of the revenue comes from the fans. But I remember reading that it was like 25% comes from the regular season revenue. That means that 15% or if you're talking 15% of 40%, 40% of the total revenue from fans attending games during the se- during the season is the playoffs.
0: Well, it's 40%. It's on an average, it's 40%. because you're talking about non-playoff teams, playoff teams, uh, carrying it over as far as what their TV contracts versus what they get as far as home attendance gate and things of that nature. So the average is roughly around 40% per franchise. Right. So I'll tell you what, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Again, we're just hoping for a confirmation, but it's looking like the NBA is heading on a path towards a completion of the season and i'm looking forward to it although on a neutral site i think it'll be a little bit more interesting than laker tom has uh, alluded to i think it'll be used it to be a little bit more interesting in one or two of the series to be a lot of slaughters <laughs> uh, there could be a lot of that as well we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step, bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation
1: part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos
0: show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options once again i'm talking to tom wong aka laker tom from lakerholics.net you got to be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.net I wanted to, to devote this back half of the podcast to what ifs, and it always seems to be lately as far as what ifs when we've been hearing all that's going on with The Last Dance, and hopefully we can minimize our conversations from after this podcast going forward on The Last Dance because I think every NBA fan out there has seen or heard like a gazillion Last Dance Podcast, because there's not been much else to talk about. Except for if you're listening to this channel, you've heard a lot more than just The Last Dance. But we'll talk about The Last Dance one last time, so to speak. here. Our uh, Last Dance, you
1: mean? Yes, Our Last <laughs> Dance
0: with The Last Dance. Uh, because it came out in a recent podcast, LeBron's thoughts on The Last Dance and those years with the Bulls and when they're winning championships. And he thought if he were in and Pippen wasn't in, in there, and he was in his place, that he would have been a great sidekick for his attributes and what he brings to the game as far as his strengths would have really meshed in with what Michael Jordan was doing out there on the floor. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Would LeBron have been a great, let's say, Robin to Jordan's Batman?
1: I don't think there's any doubt in that. I mean, frankly, if, you, if you're talking about the consensus at least at this point in time in in the in the game michael jordan is still considered to be the number 1 player and and the goat i personally think and I, as i've said many times on our broadcasts and at Lakerholics.net that ultimately that's a fair comparison because lebron's not done yet and when lebron wins two or three more championships with the lakers i think he will surpass MJ and become the number one player in the minds of most of the announcers. I mean, I I saw that recent poll where they said 73% of the fans said that Jordan is the better player than, uh, than uh, LeBron. And you go back and you dig into the individual stats, the individual features that they do. They're actually saying some stupid things like players would rather play with Michael Jordan than LeBron. Nobody's going to want to do that. or, Michael Jordan is a better passer than LeBron James. That's totally ridiculous. So I think, in the, in the true measure of the things, as great as Scottie Pippen is, and, and talk about a guy who was probably trash more than anybody else in his entire last dance sequence, putting LeBron James and Michael Jordan together, my God, he's the perfect player to play with Michael Jordan or with Kobe Bryant or with any great, you know, shoot first shooting guard whose game is basically built around scoring. I mean, the opportunities that a guy like LeBron would give him, you could say the same thing with Magic uh, Johnson playing with Michael Jordan. And those are just a perfect, the synergy you get from a pass-first superstar, one of the top five players in the the history of the game, playing with a shoot-first superstar who is also one of the top five players in the history of the game. That's almost an unbeatable combination. So I, I, you know, I... I can totally understand how LeBron would would be enthralled by that whole thing, especially when he grew up as a Bulls fan, you know, and he's rooting for Jordan, and, and just like Kobe, you know, they all wanted to be MJ, and they all wanted to play with MJ. And there were some great stories about how he got a chance, I think, and he was invited to Jordan's camp, and uh, after they sent the kids all home, 8 or 8.30, they'd play a game at 8.30, and they'd let the, the kids watch. Then they'd send the kids away. And the real games would start, you know. And uh, LeBron said that he he had played with MJ on MJ's team in all of those games, and they never lost any of those games. But the other side of it is is that LeBron also said that you know, while well, as much as he would loved to have been the sidekick, if you will, to Michael Jordan, he also really just loved the idea of being the guy who could play against him. And that's an interesting thing when you look at that whole situation because it's it's like Kawhi's decision that he wanted to play against LeBron rather than joining LeBron, and that's a big change from the years of of Jordan's years because in Jordan's time, the great superstars didn't want to band together like they did, you know, in LeBron's time. Uh, LeBron started that whole thing with the Big Three in Miami and. And, uh, you know, and that uh, that was something that you'd never have seen Kobe do or or MJ do, you know. Uh, they they basically felt that they were alone enough. All they needed to do was have a good team around them. They didn't need another superstar in order to be able to, to be the best in the world and so forth. So I think that, you know, I don't know how anybody could even claim that LeBron would not be the best sidekick you could ever give to Michael Jordan unless it was somebody like Magic Johnson.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, seeing him as a Pippin <laughs> to MJ would be, would have been something great indeed. I right. think, like you said, they would have won more titles had that been the case because oh, yeah. playing with LeBron there... I don't think he'd
1: have gone and played baseball and no. uh, and gone on to wanting to go to, regardless of wanting to go play for the Washington Wizards, you know, in those situations. One thing I would add is that, The other side of it, too, is that one of the things that Pippen was so good was putting two of the top five defenders in the league together Uh, because Scotty was a terrific defender and always, you know, was really took a lot of load off of Michael, who was also an elite defender. And Um, then
0: you had Rodman for some of that time. There you
1: go. That makes a hard – that's a hard hand. You know, you can shut down teams for good periods of games with three guys like that. LeBron – at his best, you know, and in, in, in his peak years is as good a defender as we've ever seen too. So, you know, that that that's the one thing whereas if somebody like Magic just couldn't compete in that same level of being able to replace Scottie Pippen the way that LeBron James could.
0: Well, it would have been something to see and something that you and I would have been reflecting on as far as the level of greatness that we already talk about when it comes to the Bulls, but it would have been even greater had LeBron been a 1A to Michael Jordan's one, although being known as the greatest of all time, by the time LeBron leaves, I still think that's up for debate. I still think a lot of people will will rely upon his airness as being the greatest of all time. I I do not five think... more
1: years, three more championships. A lot of you'll have, have to levels. get above six. A lot uh, of those I Michael Jordan six. guys are going to be gone, and they'll be in the wind at that point. But
0: but you got to remember, Jordan <laughs> is undefeated in the finals right now, LeBron is three. He also didn't have
1: the competition. You can't tell me that the Utah jazz were the competition that, that let's say the Boston Celtics were. I'm just were telling
0: play. you, I'm just telling you <laughs> what, what people will tell you, my friend. I know, I know,
1: I know. And,
0: and you got to remember that as great as LeBron is, and as well known as LeBron is, it's not his likeness on every Nike that's right out there. Nike product. Yep. So, I mean, you're not going to get rid of Jordan anytime soon.
1: So. No, but there'll be a point in time when people will recognize once LeBron's career is done, that he, is, he will become the GOAT, even though that you can't really compare the
0: generations. He'll have to get to seven. He'll have to be seven and three.
1: Well, I'll, I'll give you a Let's flip this around. He'll have to get six. Six is a good, three, good number. Three Laker championships. But how about this one? How about look at this? What if you were to take LeBron and put him back in – Michael's era and take Michael and move him into the current era. Michael's going to have to shoot a lot better from three in order to play the game today.
0: And Michael would, I think especially later in his years, he became much more proficient three point shooter. In fact, he competed in the three point tournaments as far as from the all-star game and whatnot. I think he would have Uh, Jordan to me, seems like the guy throw out a challenge like Kobe throw Mm -hmm. out a challenge. He'll get it done. Now, Kobe was never efficient 100% 100% throughout the mm-hmm. course of a given season, but the, he still was well, tied Michael, for the record. Well, Michael he, had the same
1: token. Michael well, never, never saw a shot he didn't like. But that's Famous true. But Kobe. You don't shoot 50, 40, and 90 when you're, the, when you're Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant.
0: No, but Kobe has the points in time. Like uh, I was going to say, Kobe has you know tied for the record 12 three-pointers in one game. So. Right. He has that ability. He had that. He had that ability. He had that capability. Well, with not Jordan, many guys
1: who take 12 three three pointers in a game.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> with you got Jor-
1: those guys on your hands too.
0: Yes, yes, and with Jordan, I think, like I said, you put anything in front of him outside. They're the of,
1: ultimate competitors. I, yeah. I get, I, I get your point, and I agree hundred percent that outside you of, guys who are killers.
0: Outside of owning an NBA team, yeah. everything else you put in front of him, he's been very yeah. good at. But we won't. Kind of start strange.
1: Yet. Now there's a strange thing. Why do you think? MJ has been such a dud as the owner of the Hornets. That's, I think,
0: it comes down to market and it comes down to money. I think those are the two mm-hmm. factors. He has a lot of money, but he doesn't have maybe as much okay. as, let's say, some of his other, you know, I own several businesses mm-hmm. and I'm able to go ahead and use this. Yeah, as but as some of stuff. those
1: personnel decisions have been pretty shaky.
0: Oh, that's because of the people he has in place now he has kupchak there
1: <laughs> that's what i said yes. some of those decisions have been pretty shaky
0: yes yes uh, get kupchak there to make some trades for us you know give us some 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 nice draft picks there
1: yeah i would have thought that uh, they had a point guard that could have been really good for us there for many years it's a shame that he went to boston
0: yeah well yeah what can what can i say what can i say but yes uh, I don't see a great future for them as an organization still. But, yeah, Jordan is not materialized in order, But I will never question him as a player. Uh, he was, As a player, he, there was just yeah, I, was one I, time, no better.
1: I was always a Kobe fan over Jordan. So it's always hard for me to give Jordan any credit for anything.
0: Well, I'm not saying favor. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm a, I'm Jordan fan. I'm just saying I'm a, looking at it objectively. No, I'm I saying see- I'm
1: biased. I'm biased against Michael. I, you know, you're, I you're, can't you're. help it. Um,
0: trying to look at it objectively, like I try to do a lot of things. Come right here, at the Lakers fast That's break. That's right.
1: You can be the objective guy, and I'll be the fan.
0: Okay, no glass problem. half full, glass half empty.
1: All That's right, right. There you go.
0: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Force Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Insights Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Speaking of what ifs, and we'll close out the show with this, my friend, before we get into what's going on at Lakerholics.net. What if in 2011 we wouldn't even be talking about LeBron today because he would be playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Because in 2011... <laughs> There was a very real possibility because he was working out with the Dallas Cowboys that he would have gone over and played full time in the NFL. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. He definitely has the type of build in order to be successful there with his speed, with his jumping ability, Mm -hmm. with, with his sheer size, both not only from a frame standpoint, but obviously his height. He would have been successful at any position that he would have decided he could go and choose to play in football. So your thoughts on him, what, you, what kind of level of success would he have reached in the NFL?
1: Oh, I don't have a doubt that he, he would have been a star. Uh, you know, I, I tend to think, though, it's a, lot like, it's a lot like MJ's desire to play baseball. Had he gone out of college and gone into the NLB and devoted his career to developing his craft as a baseball player, I have no doubt that Michael Jordan would have been a superstar in that sport, just like he was in basketball. And I would say the same thing is absolutely 100% true of LeBron James. However, just like Michael really couldn't just change gears and take a, take a year off and go and become, you know, Babe Ruth, LeBron James would, would have some questions about whether he could really make the jump into football. Uh, against guys who had played that sport all the way through college and for many years in a professional. As to positions, I mean, my God, what a—he'd be a hell of a tight end. He could redefine what a wide receiver would be. And frankly, one of the things that nobody i never, I never hear anybody talk about—is that I would have loved to seen him as a quarterback, a running quarterback, sort of like uh, the guy who won the Super Bowl last time. I mean, can you imagine coming around, Patrick Mahomes? Right Yeah, could you imagine? I mean, you think about it, Mahomes, how would you like to be able to defend LeBron in the backcourt there? I mean, he'd pitch him the ball out, and he's rolling out, and he's got an arm like a rocket ship, and we saw how accurate he can throw those half-court passes, those full-court passes. I'm not so sure that, just like point guard is really maybe his best peer position in the game of basketball, I'm not so sure that quarterback might not be his best position in the game of football and talk about a guy that he has the size to see over the line, just like he does as a point guard. That's one of the advantages he's got trying to bring him down in the backfield. Once he gets out in the open field, the moves that he'd be able to make in the open field, it would be something to watch, you know, maybe somewhere there's an alternate universe, Gerald and and LeBron. LeBron is Michael is out there playing baseball and LeBron's playing football. Um, but thank God in, in our gaze, in our, in our universe, that we had the opportunity to see them both play basketball. Um, as much as I grew up loving baseball and football as a kid in Wisconsin, once I got to California, basketball became my game. And, and I don't think there's a game that's anywhere near it. And I think that being a superstar in baseball or football can't compare, in, in my opinion, to being a superstar in basketball.
0: Well, I'm thankful that he did stay in the NBA. That he didn't lean towards the NFL because it's such—it's so much more a violent game. So there could well, be yeah. possibility he of injury. Not, yeah. He wouldn't be playing today. I don't think he'd be playing today. If that's the case. Not at 30 35. Well, uh,
1: but hey, Another reason why you play quarterback, man.
0: Yeah, that's true. They 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 do <laughs> play at an older age. I mean, isn't
1: there a guy? I think there's an old white guy at 40. That's uh, 42. is it? Uh, that's Brady. There's
0: also Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers is past thirty-five. So you're right. If he plays quarterback, he could have a, a nice. You only to play
1: there. sixteen games a year instead of a grueling eighty-two plus another thirty in the playoffs.
0: But also have a three hundred fifty-pound uh, defensive end, right, <laughs> you know, right down your throat too. That's yeah, right. not exactly the greatest thing in the world. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been a great episode mm-hmm. indeed. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. Once again, it's Tom Wong. I know him as Tom Wong. You know him as Laker Tom. He's everywhere that he can be at Laker Tom on Twitter. Hopefully, proposing out not only his great articles that come on medium.com, maybe some crazy trades again every now and then that seems to get the internet in an uproar, but also his great stuff going on at LakerHolics.net. So before we head on out, my friend, I want you to go ahead and elaborate to everyone out there what's going on with Lakerholics.net and why they should hang out there for a spell at Lakerholics.net.
1: Well, we've got a lot of great conversations going on at Lakerholics.net. Right now, we're in the midst of, I've written a series of six articles about who is going to be the superstar that's going to take the mantle as the best player in the next decade, meaning a decade of the 2020s. In the 2010s, we had LeBron. In the uh, 1990s, we had Kobe. In the 80s, it was Magic. or I'm sorry, Jordan in the 90s, Kobe in the 210s, the 2010s, and Magic in the, in the 80s. Um, and so we've got six candidates, and I'm basically presenting them one at a time in Lakerholics.net. Um, we just had uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is probably the favorite at uh, 25 years old. I follow that up with uh, Kawhi Leonard, a uh, 31-year-old, or 28-year-old, excuse me. Um, coming out tomorrow is uh, Kevin Durant at uh, 31, and that'll be followed up by Anthony Davis, uh, uh, Luka Doncic, and uh, finally by Zion Williamson as the six players that I think have a shot at it. It's an interesting conversation. We've We've sort of identified three criteria that are going to determine who's going to be the Player of the decade, if you will, to take the throne from LeBron. And I think there are three factors that really will determine it. One being obviously how good the player is, and so forth, their own skill sets, and so and such. Uh, secondly, uh, their age. Uh, it's awful hard for someone like Durant to last. You know, he'd be forty-one by the end of the decade, whereas a young guy like Zion will only be twenty-nine at the end of the decade. Not even, maybe not even into his prime whereas guys like Giannis and Anthony Davis at 25 and 27 might have an advantage age-wise. Next comes injuries. We've already seen that Durant's got a major injury. Kawhi's got a major injury. Zion in only one year has had a major injury. So that's another factor that goes in there. And the third factor basically is that you're not going to be the dominant player for the decade and, unless you win championships. And so what, what, your, what are your chances of your team being able to win championships? Um, a lot of it's going to have Giannis in the next couple of years is going to have to make some big decisions about how that affects his, his career and his legacy. Players like Luca playing with the Mavericks. Yeah, the Mavericks did win that one championship, but boy, that's a hard road to hoe in the, in the eras of double and triple superstar teams. Kawhi can he last that long? Doubtful, you know, can, and uh, so when you go through those, uh, I I think a guy who could surprise everybody might be Anthony Davis because he hasn't had a major injury. He's at the right age so that he would still be in his prime going into the last half of the decade. And naturally whoever shines in the last half of the decade is going to get an advantage over the guys who were stars in the first half of the decade. And in the championship issue, if, if, being with LeBron can bring him two or three rings before he takes over the Lakers. Um, he could have a leg up on it. So it's an interesting discussion. We've got the articles coming out um, all of next week. So it'll be a great time for you to stop by Lakerholics.net, put your two cents in, uh, make your opinions, uh, let it be known who you think is. And and uh, it's a great discussion. And we have topics like that are going on all the time. And it's uh, it's just a great place for fans, especially, when the season is on, but when you're hard up for a good basketball discussion with a bunch of people who are going to respect your opinions and uh, and have a very cordial and friendly atmosphere, Lakerholics.net's a great place to do it.
0: And once again, that's Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Looking forward to our conversations next week. Any last thoughts on the way out?
1: Nope, looking forward to some basketball. I mean, I'd like to get some good news and something to look forward to as we as we move ahead. Um, you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of schools opening up. Uh uh but it does seem like there's a there's almost a a yearning for sports that everybody has seemed to come. I mean, you're hearing it about the NFL, you're hearing it about MLB. Uh everybody seems to understand that one of the things that that's really allowed us to to escape, if you will. Uh, from the day-to-day drudgery and, and things that are going on in life and, and the things you have to deal with every day it's sports and we really miss it. You know, it's, we, we've all got a, we've all got that need to fill that void. And uh, I mean, you can only do so many videos and you can only do so many movies and only so many books. I've been binge booking and binge movie and, and so forth. And I, I'm, you know, give me the give me the Charlotte Hornets versus anybody and well, I'll watch it you know I'm I'm up for NBA basketball and I'm looking forward to it
0: I know I am as well but I'll tell you what it's just been great talking to you also if you get a chance please if you need more content out there to listen to hopefully you can give our last what 6 weeks of Lakers fast breaks ever since this coronavirus started to take place. I've got a lot of episodes that i put out there on the Lakers Fast Break channel that are still relevant today that people can listen to that are really some great conversations with so many different people on the NBA draft and so much more. I tell you what, please, if you get a chance and you need more stuff to listen to, hopefully you'll give us a chance right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you once again. I look forward to our conversation next week right here on the Lakers Fast Break.